Welcome back to Existence, the podcast where we're exploring the question, what does it mean to exist and pursue a life well lived uh, through the contemplation of love, death, meaning, and philosophy. Today's episode is not the Existence podcast. It is a show swap with my very own partner, Dorsey Kovashen, <laughs> and she's here with us today. I am. And you just, we just recorded a show about music, about 4AD, the uh uh, music production company and the, the albums by Mojave Three and Cocktail Twins, and that's that's the show that Dorsey is hosting. Wow! So that's this is this is exciting. This is a little. Uh, this is an episode. This is the you first episode. Already inspired someone to start a. I know. Show. I know. <laughs> I've already inspired. Look at she's already got me working as her producer too. <laughs> um, so that's what today's episode is. It is not. Um, you know, our existence is always uh, there's always there's there's always stuff to be discovered. There's always existence to be talked about in all aspects of life, and but it's not specifically this show. It's not the show. Today's episode is not existence. The podcast. It is uh called Golden Sounds. Gold sounds. God, I can't produce. I cannot say. I'm gonna make you listen to that song as many times. As possible, okay. so you learn that it's God sounds. Okay, the uh, the name of the name of the show is <laughs> Gold Sounds, five hundred with a Z. It's Gold Sounds with a Z five hundred, and this is the episode that Darcy and I recorded. It's I uh, hope you enjoy it. If if you like music, if you like Koto Twins or Mojave Three, um, or just nineties music in general, uh, then then I hope you enjoy the the show. Um, so with that. Enjoy Gold Sounds Five Hundred. Yeah, let's Which go. is a ref. It's a reference to. It's a reference. <laughs> yeah, you should. I should say probably that explain because before. people will think I'm just like we're just crazy. Yeah, for we're doing actually. It we're, yeah, we're actually. It's not. Obscure name. It's a super referential, obscure name based off of the album by Pavement, or sorry, a song titled by Pavement, the '90s band. Exactly. And Five Hundred by. Uh, uh, Galaxy 500. Another 90s band. Another great <laughs> band from the. And so that is that is the uh, that's the name of the so- that's the name of the the show that Dorsey is hosting. Wow. So, with that now for sure, <laughs> uh, enjoy the enjoy the episode, and next week rest assured, existence podcast will be back at it again. Uh, giving you, serving you a pot existence, existential dread. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so, my name is Darcy. No, I will say it again. My name is Darcy, and this is Good Sounds! 500. Five, I don't know if I, I like the 500. It's super. It's if you're gonna make it referential, just go hard with it. It's a lot of forced. I don't think so. Okay, okay. I'm just gonna go it, do it again. Hey, this is me, Dorothy, and this is God's sound. See, don't, just don't look at me and don't smile. No, no, but uh, by play, I don't. You probably shouldn't say this is me, or nobody, nobody knows who you are. You can't say this. But is it's me. it makes it more personal. Just my I just sh- my show it will be cozy, low-key, personal, DIY, homemade Great. vibes. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll shut up. Okay, it's not me. It's just Dorsey. Okay. Hey, this is Dorsey. This is Gwa Sounds. A new music show. 
new to me, new to you. And we talk about... See, I don't see I'm smiling at you because I think it's good. That was good. I so we're getting rid of 500. Oh, the, I didn't say 500? No. Okay, no, it wasn't intentional. So, hey, this is Dorothy. This is what sounds 500. Evan, I won't be able to take myself seriously if you're going to be you like, be serious, oh, Dorothy. cutie. No, I'm not. Dorothy, <laughs> <laughs> you realize this is judgment coming from yourself. I'm not okay. judging you. Okay. At all. Okay, okay, okay. Look over there. So, hey, this is Dorothy. This is me. This is God Sounds 500. And this is a music show where we talk about specifically music from the 90s. And we explore music mainly along the lines of record labels and it's a subjective take on good music we like and then you the co-host me evan (laughs) leo first appearance first appearance on the show (laughs) you're you're gonna tell me if you like it as well so we already know that i like them wait so dorsey tell me what is the show (laughs) so the show is we're exploring 90s music um through yeah, but the time frame is labels. not too strict. Okay, so we're exploring music generally. Yeah, focusing mainly on the 90s. Focusing mainly on the 90s. That's what my taste covers most. But we don't take the time frame too seriously. We don't take anything too seriously. <laughs> sure. So it's 90s music through specific record labels exactly. attached to certain albums. Exactly. We're talking about albums. Oh, We're not talking great. about artists because I don't believe in identifying artists with um, record labels. But there is a fight strong for the record <laughs> for the independence of the for artists. For those independent artists, oh, that and sounds like a cool show. I'm love. I can't believe I'm a part of it. You like the concept? Love the concept. You would like editing it? I would love. <laughs> <laughs> as the producer of the show, yes. The producer <laughs> likes editing this show. Or at least you think you will like it. Let's see how much you have to edit. Okay, so first, as you know, we both know, we'll talk about a British independent label. And do you have anything to say? So we're getting straight into it, huh? Oh, maybe I should explain the title, huh? So first, I just wanted to go by the name God Sounds, which is... A pretty obvious reference to the great, great song by the great, great band Pavement. But as the recommendation of my producer <laughs> suggested, we should add 500, which is another great reference to another great band that I love, which is Galaxy 500. So it's a double reference to great. Two great bands. Two great bands, one great show. And one great show. <laughs> Title. <laughs> so Nobody said it, uh, it will be a great show. But to be on- it is a great show. To be honest, I don't know who who wouldn't hear this, who wouldn't hear the title and not know where yeah, Gold obvious. Sounds 500 with the Z. Pretty obvious with the Z. Definitely. With the Z, yeah. Not Golden Sounds as you as the co-host yeah. of the show well, sp- sometimes. <laughs> well, specifically, you love artists. With, um, you specifically you love artists with random n- letters at, or sorry random numbers at the end of their names, um, like 
one of today's great artists. That was a great bridge between introduction and jumping straight into the hot topic. But first of all, we should also cover something else, the record label that name also has a number in it. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> today's today's episode, we're covering what record label, Dorsey? We're covering 4AD, the British independent lab, British independent record label that was founded in seventy nine. Nineteen seventy nine. Nineteen seventy nine, in Great Britain, and. After a short introduction on 4AD, we'll talk about two great albums that were released by 4AD in the 90s. One of them in 1990 and the other one in 1995. And the most important thing is that these are just subjective opinions and I didn't want it to be... Too professional. <laughs> don't take anything <laughs> we say serious. say this. <laughs> don't, think it, don't take anything we say serious. That's the, that's the but point. But the main point is that there are so many incredibly good sources on basically any of these covers. And so I don't think that our job is to offer another one of them. Well, we're not music historians. We're, we're not, but also we're not trying to be. Yes, they're really not trying <laughs> to be. We're just people who like music and are talking about music. Yes, and also it can be a good source of discovering new music, but it, like, I wanna, um, I wanna make references to all the sources that I used when I was getting information on anything we talk about, and I think that it can be a good platform for people to find these sources or to discover what they are interested in but um yeah it's not the main purpose of this show to be one of those um objective sources gotcha 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 i want to know how much you know about 4ad uh, and how much I should tell you about I it. I know 4AD, what I know about 4AD thus far is that they produce a lot of great bands that I, I enjoy. Um, they Can you give me an example? Future Islands is on 4AD. Mm-hmm. Beach House is on 4AD. Beach House is not on 4AD. Oh, Beach House is on 4AD? It's on Sub Pop. It's on Sub Pop? And then that shows <laughs> you how much I know about 4AD. No, but I know that you love Beach House. I me love too. Beach House, but I love... I love, I love. Oh my God. I literally said that I don't want to identify. You're literally not artists to with, your plan. Um, artists with record labels. And I just said Beach House is on pop, which is wrong to say. They release stuff on them, but, or like on that record label. But yeah, I just went straight against. Have myself. they never been on 480? No. Beach House? No. But Future Islands, I think they are currently in the roster of 4AD. I know they. I know 4AD has some great bands. Sub Pop has great bands too. But that's a different episode. Yes, stay tuned. Stay tuned. So but today, what, what school me up in 4AD? What so what's all 4AD about? You need to learn some things about it because it will just make the whole 
experience of the next two uh, albums that we're gonna cover more holistic and more profound so basically the most as i said i don't wanna provide like any um objective um lecture on 4ad but um i know that there are so many great sources including facing the other way this book that was published in 2013 i believe and it's by a british guy called martin aston and it's said to be a great book it covers the whole history of 4AD, including a very long interview with co-founder of the record label, Ivo Watts Russell, who founded 4AD with Peter Kent in late 1979. And so they founded it as a part of Beggars Group, which is this uh, record label company. And they just wanted to have their own record label. So I guess they just went ahead and founded it. And so basically, they invited two artists, two visual artists. And they um, started to provide this coherent and very 480-like image. And they did such a great job with um, creating this vision that was mainly uh, based on uh, Ivo's ideas because he bought his co-founder's part. I think in one year later, the label was founded. Um, so Peter Kent was out and it was directed by or not directed, but yeah, it was produced or main. I mean, it was led. It was led. So one year after one year. Ivo Watts Russell for decades. And then in 99, he sold it back to beggars group and he just left the music industry. Interesting. But basically after one year, yes, the co-founder left the production and he actually founded his own, um, record label that is quite situation too but also i told you this before you know what 4ad stands for right forward but that doesn't it doesn't really do too good of a job of doing that i think yeah wikipedia says that it's um abbreviation of the word forward but that was just not my idea when i first encountered the name 4ad but main point is that after Ivo started leading the the record label by himself, he invited these two artists I just mentioned, and his name, the graphic designer he invited is Juan Oliver. Oliver. Juan Oliver. Yes, thank you for the authentic pronunciation. And he invited a photographer as well, Nigel Grierson. And these two guys, they founded actually a separate project. It's called 23 Envelope. Again, they are just putting random they numbers. They love their numbers. They love numbers and letters and just the 
coexistence of those two, but it's called 23 Envelope and it's basically a visual art produ- um, project that was uh, uh, founded by these two artists and they uh, basically worked with the record label to create sleep designs and they are so important in the 4AD um, like universe because they created so much um, iconic material for them and also when people talk about 4AD I noticed that pretty early on in my research they just talk about something as like a coherent art project um, and so I wrote this one quote down um, basically an article I read they just quoted uh, a 4AD fan from the US and they said 4AD was something to obsess over it was more obscure and niche and when you found it you cherished it because it seemed to appear out of nowhere it has such mystique so and these ideas just like being mysterious and artistically like very niche and um, like very specific is just coming back in every um, like description of 4AD. So what else do you want to know about 4AD? Do you want to know? What are some bands right now that are, what are some prominent bands just generally on 4AD right now? That's what I thought we should talk about. So basically, Bauhaus was a really big deal for them, for especially when they started out, because Bauhaus is a very big name in the indie like rock scene, yeah. uh, especially in uh, England and the UK at the time. But then I would say the most prominent names, first of all, Cocteau Twins, which were, or who they were. What we're talking about today. Exactly. And then Pixies. Oh, Pixies. N- another huge name. And then the Breeders. They are still um, one of the current um, artists. The Breeders. And th- um, the, s- the, 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 I don't know who the, fem- the female is and the Pixies is part of the Breeders. Kim Deal. Yeah, Kim Deal. Um, so they are still... Um, like an active member of uh, the 4AD roster. Um, like right now, some other big names. Um, a, a, a Big Thief. Oh, Big Thief. Deer so Hunter. Um, Area Pink. I don't know how big Area Pink is. I know. I know Area Pink. Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Or Iver. Bon Iver. I mean, Bon Iver is huge. Bon Iver is really, really big. Uh, camera obscura. Camera obscura. Daughter. Wait, camera obscura. Yeah. And do you know camera? I know obscura. camera obscura. It's a band from Glasgow, and they released. Yes. Oh my God, I was three in the ca- albums. I was in the ba- uh, camera obscura when I was in high school. My modeling career. I actually don't know this album. I know some songs off of another album, yeah. Desired Lines, but not my modeling career. But also... They're an interesting band. Yeah, another... I think I mentioned Deer Hunter. I really like Deer Hunter. Do you know Deer Hunter? I've heard of them, but I never... I'm pretty sure you know this song by them. It's called Revival. Maybe. 
if I played it, I think you would know it. Um, as you said, Future Island. Uh, Grimes released her first. Um, right. Or actually, more than her first stuff. He released Genesis on um, Florida. I know that for sure. Oh my God! Another really great band. His name is Alive. His name is Alive. Yes, it's a band from the U.S. Might have heard of it. It's so great. They're one of their most famous songs. I would say uh, the Dirt Eaters. It's so great. And then in 2021, 4AD released this uh, compilation uh, album that was basically um, including uh, really, really great big songs that were released on 4AD, covered by artists who are currently um, in the roster of theirs. And uh, the breeders covered dessert eaters on this uh, compilation it's called uh, Bells and Aches and Blues and it's um, actually a Cocteau Twins reference um, it's part of their lyrics wow. and then let's get into it so should we start about yeah let's uh, get into so the first uh, album we're going to be talking about is Heaven or Las Vegas by Cocteau Twins it's just Cocteau Twins it's not the Cocteau Twins Right? You know what? Um, you shouldn't ask me things I don't know. But I, th- um, it sounds um, right. Uh, frantically typing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's actually just Cocteau Twins. You're right. Okay. Um, yes. Your resources are working faster than <laughs> mine. Uh, no, I just had it pulled up on my Spotify real quick. Okay, the Cocteau Twins sounds more correct it's just cocteau twins. but it's just cocteau twins. so cocteau you're twins right. this album came out in 1990 yes so you're right heaven or las vegas is their sixth album studio album. it's their sixth studio album so it's not their yes. first is it, it was it their first one on 4ad no it was not okay they've released so basically i opened my cocteau twins discography here they released their first album ever on 480, it's called Garlands, and uh, it was released in 82. And then they released basically all the albums up until Heaven or Las Vegas. And then after that album, basically they have two more for Calendar Cafe and Milk and Kisses. And they released for Calendar Cafe on Capital and then Milk and Kisses on Fontana. So Heaven or Las Vegas was their last collaboration with 4AD. Uh, but it's a known thing that they were the favorite band of Iowa Watts Russell uh, on 4AD for the longest time. And that was the uh, founder of 4AD. That's the founder, co-founder One of, them, of yeah. 4AD. Yes, but basically after a while, Iowa became like one with... 4AD. So 4AD is pretty much his like obviously with other artists and like the artists on the label but it became like a platform of his musical visions um, and he signed whoever he saw potential in. And I read so much on like how he was not interested in current trends and how 
he was basically very engaged with uh, dream pop and uh, this like um, Cocteau Twins um, sound. It's like this ethereal. So like, why don't you describe what Cocteau Twins is? What, what does Cocteau <laughs> Twins sound like to somebody who's never heard? If somebody's never heard of Cocteau Twins, what would you describe them as? Yeah, so basically I would say they usually deliver the same vibe or like a very distinct vibe that is definitely theirs and i would say it's very dreamy very ethereal very atmospheric and very divine which is like obviously um i'm sure many different things sound divine to many different people but to me that's just so close to heaven <laughs> or las vegas or las vegas more to heaven um and i think there's a great um uh, role in that um the the singer uh liz frazier her voice just has this particular quality to it that is just so she's literally she literally sounds like an angel which is a reference to the next album we're gonna talk about because they the lyrics of the mojave three songs says it's just like an angel Liz fraser she does look like an angel too but she also sounds like an angel or that's o- that's also something i heard on the Ben's Pain podcast. Um, she was claimed to have the voice of God, <laughs> which I mean makes sense. Like <laughs> your, which your, I mean makes sense. <laughs> your God, my God, sounds like it definitely. Yeah. Um, or sounds like her, and uh, so that's one big part of it. And also, I will said when he first heard the demos of uh, Cocteau Twins that, um. It sounded similar to the Susie and the Banshees um, sound. Not Susie and the Banshees. Susie and the okay. Banshees. It's coming from someone whose native language is not English. <laughs> and also who never saw, <laughs> saw Susie and the Banshees being spied. Um, did you know that Susie is not spied like Susie traditionally? What is it spelled with a Z or something? Oh, if you think that they only added the random Z. So wait, who is Susie so and the Banshees? Who is, it sounds like, the lead singer sounds like a girl from Susie and the Banshees? No. Like, what was the point? I will first thought when he heard the demos that they have a similar sound to okay. Susie and the Banshees. Susie and the Banshees. Uh, but then later on, like, I would say, and not, not just me, but I I think the Cocteau Twins just um, like basically got rid of all these comparisons because they just created such a distinct um, sound to them that then people started to compare other um, like newer bands to the Cocteau Twins and it became like this coin term like oh th- this Cocteau Twins sound. Um, which is like pretty close to I would say people usually define it as dream pop if you um, search like dream pop essentials or dream pop playlists on Spotify most of them will have at least one 
cocktail twins um sans on it yeah i would say i would classify it as dream pop sure yes i um, think it's pretty quintessential dream pop yeah i think it's uh uh very much like that also like it has like a stronger uh drum beat to it Spotify defines the group as a distinctively ethereal and gossamer sound virtually defined the enigmatic image of the record label 480. Uh, they were founded in Scotland in 1979. Once again, they describe 480 as this enigmatic um, record label. I think that's such a big part of their image. They are just this like artsy, like mystical kid. You know what? When I think of 480, I think of... Um, um, a twenty four, like the 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 film production company. Oh yeah, it's like this. It's like this company or this pr- production agency that has this specific type of m- movie. Uh-huh. And I feel like Four AD is that specific type of rec music record label. They find stuff that's a bit obscure, um, and maybe that isn't. Um, it, it goes against the nes- the more like cultural. Um, uh, paradigms that are that are kind of controlling normal music's uh, ideas of how, how normal music kind of gets formed um so i think that's kind of cool i think i like the idea of what 4ad has done i don't can't speak to like you know their actual record label and, and who they were and the people you know that were you know doing it but um yeah i think i, I think it's really cool i like i like see i like i like the cocteau twins um yeah finally this is just some room for you right now to give your personal opinion on it because I mm, didn't ask you um, what you thought about this album. So basically right now we'll only talk about um, their sixth album, the biggest commercial success they've ever put out. Oh, it was their biggest album too? Yes, it was the most successful album uh, and it is um, it has been a great success not just in Europe but also they are from Scotland but um, they broke into the American music scene as well with this album so not just I think it happened before because like before this album they put some pretty popular stuff out but so we chose this album to talk about because this is the most quintessential Cocteau Twins album and even though I was um, debating whether or not it's too obvious to cover it's too um, well known uh, I think it really captures a lot of like essential things about this band in terms of how they sound and also their lyrics and their themes. Obviously, it's like evolving through their discography. But um, yes, I think Heaven or Las Vegas is definitely their most like emblematic thing ever. And also, I personally really, really love the Cocteau Twins, and I uh, listen to all uh, eight of their albums. But I want to ask you how much you knew Coc- the Cocteau Twins, Cocteau Twins before, and how much you listened to them before. 
Yeah, so I mean, um, I knew the Cocteau Twins. I know because I Cherry Colored Funk I had downloaded yes. or I had liked on my Spotify for a while. It's the first song of um, Heaven or Las Vegas. The first song, the the, the sets the tone. Um, <laughs> Cherry, Co- Cherry Colored Funk is a great song. I liked the beat when I, um, I think that's what you listen to the Cocteau Twins for. I have some problems with the Cocteau Twins. Okay, first you should finish okay so basically you only knew this one song before by them uh no because i had heard other songs i just never really thought about them okay i think i had heard heaven or las vegas before okay but i and maybe some other I, i'm not sure but i definitely didn't know them well okay um honestly i think when i first heard cherry colored funk i thought it was like more of a new song okay. um that's interesting but um and, and now I, you can go into your problems. Well, <laughs> when I met you, that's when I started to get into Cocteau Twins because, yes. and I I really wouldn't say I'm like super into them. Um, I like them, uh, but and I know them much more now because of you. But when I had f- first heard them, Cherry Colored Funk, it it was a good song, but it never really um, nothing really drew me to them past one or two songs. Yes. Um and since then, since listening to this album, Heaven or Las Vegas, uh, I guess I'll start off with the album cover. I like the album okay, cover. It's pretty nineties. Um, <laughs> it's again. What do you mean, the neon? Uh, yeah, it's like bright. Uh, <laughs> for those sweet, sweet listeners of ours, it's like a bright blob of red in a blue, hazy, kind of distorted background. Um, and it says Heaven or Las Vegas, and I, I like that. But um, I think it kind of sur- sums up their um, the sound a bit. You know, I think uh-huh. it, I think it's a good representation of. Do the you sound. think it's a good visual translation? Yeah, I think so. I think it's okay. good. Um, I Basically, think that's the m- most important job of an album cover. It's it's just it? it's just very um, ambiguous, and I think that's what I would describe the Cocteau Twins as. It's like never definable. Yes. But. And I, and I, and Even though you asked me to define their stuff. Well, I, I think I think it's a good and a bad thing because I'll tell you I'll start we'll start with a good Cherry uh, so the, 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 the my favorite songs on this record were Cherry Colored Funk, mm-hmm. um uh Fifty Fifty Clown. Good, good song, good title too. Hef, Heaven or Las Vegas and Fru Fru Foxes and Midsummer Fires. <laughs> um great songs. Mm-hmm. Great songs, cool beats. I think that's what I. I think I, that's what I appreciate most about the Cocteau Twins, or are their ability to have that ethereal sound that I love. I I really love the 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 the, um, the ambiguity. The kind of it almost it like represents this sort of. Um, I I I do think it's like kind of this elusive uh, quality about existence that it that it kind of. Um, represents I think their sound is really nice um, and that's what drew me into the first place that's what drew me into Cherry Color Funk and it just p- kept on giving as the album went through but what I will say about the I, what Coco Twins does that sort of takes me out of their music uh-huh. is the fact that um, they're literally just uh, saying random words they don't actually have any Poetry. real lyrics you will? Poetry, if you will. <laughs> but I think it, it, it almost makes me not take them serious. I can't take them serious at some oh, songs, I at some see. points. because That's interesting. Because they, I can clearly hear that they are not saying, they're saying, gi- they're talking gibberish. And and that's a quality of the Cocteau Twins. This is a known 
idea of or a known um, quality of the Cocteau Twins. And for certain songs, it takes me out of the music because I'm listening. Okay. And I want to know what the lyrics are. You're trying are. to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But then you realize you can't because even they don't have it figured yeah, out. Yeah, and, and it's not a bad thing. I, and I will say it's not a bad thing. It's just it takes me out of experience a bit because it's almost like um, it's just I think I, the best way to say it is I just can't take it serious. And it's not that okay. and it's not that I don't like it because I like the sound. I just wish they had I wish there was more I wish there was mo- more of a lyrical even if it doesn't sound like anything I wish there was actual lyrics behind it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because the I the, a, a, um the Cocteau Twins are known for not actually having lyrics to their songs. I mean that's not completely Some correct. of their songs, some of their songs they don't have lyrics to and they're They do have those are lyrics but it's not like a c- the comprehensive text yes but isn't so from my understanding the cocteau twins when they recorded some of their songs they didn't they the lead singer what's her name elizabeth frazier elizabeth frazier literally kind of riffed and didn't uh, made up sounds and made up lyrics and couldn't actually say them in 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 live recordings because there was they were just made yeah up. at some point they stopped performing live because it was such a big like source of anxiety for um Liz Frazier that um literally she could not remember the lyrics because it was not like a classical like um like cohesive text um as like we usually think of li- like think of lyrics. Yeah, when yeah, as we usually think okay. of lyrics, it's not like a sheet um, where you could like look. Yeah, it's this not is the like an actual poem or something. And even if you like, these songs are very big. Like if you look at um, Heaven or Las Vegas in Spotify, it won't have um, lyrics on Spotify because they never. I believe they never released um, their lyrics ever. So none of these songs have uh, lyrics to them. Because nobody knows what uh, I mean. The audience, obviously, they don't. They know, but the audience, like, it's not like defined, um, and it's not uh, verified by them. And also, I know that some fans, they are like, there are just like internet debates about yeah, what so they are exactly saying. Yeah, because you can they try to figure out. Um, how you hear it but also it's like not many of their vocals they are not like so crisp with it because they have a lot of like instruments going on and sometimes uh, the the her vocals sound like sounds like as if uh, she had like this or they had this filter on it which makes it a little bit like blurry and a little bit like um yeah, blurred out, and so that's why it's not so easy to um, get what the lyrics actually are. But I would say this is just a different type of lyrics, and I wouldn't say that it's not lyrics. I I understand you know? what you're saying. Yeah, I, I do understand. And I think it's a great way to describe it. Is like there's this filter on it that there's a filter on the the vocals that blur out the lyrics, and. F- I mean, that's an intentional choice for them um, to not have, like, a traditional structured lyric. Yeah. Um, and, I again, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, and I actually enjoy it at some parts. Yeah. Um, but, like, I I know, like, I remember I looked up the lyrics to Heaven or Las Vegas, and and 
there was different like there was certain there was clear parts where it was like this is you could hear what they said yes and then there was other parts where you have no idea what they said and even different websites have different lyrics yeah there's no real um there's no real um consensus on what <laughs> some of their lyrics are yeah um, and at certain points you literally they're just not saying words actual words and that's fine I, I don't think there needs to be actual words um i just think sometimes I, I actually at certain points i like i said i enjoy it um there's just certain points where it almost takes me out because it's like what what are you uh, i think it's just maybe i maybe see your point it's interesting because it's very not how it is for me but i really enjoy hearing this point of view because it can be like um how you say it um it can be a little like um breaking this magical atmosphere exactly i think that's it i think that's a yeah. good point it breaks something because it's like i think because it's a beautiful song and it has a beautiful tone yes and it has an eth- like a th- this ethereal like almost mystical se- vibe to it yes and then i hear that they're not saying anything and then it, it almost it makes it a little bit funny. Like, I can't take okay. them serious. I mean, obviously, when you look up a song and it's literally called, like, what are, Fru-Fru Foxes in Midsummer Fires. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's to me, it's like, literally, I feel like they are sculpting with words and sounds. And to me, it's like, it's magical and beautiful how they use language um, as... Um, like this elusive material and they are just literally like sculpting and like working this material and they are just i think what they are trying to uh evoke here is that um words are just words can be more or less i mean depends on how you view it but it can be something as then it's con- content it can it like words are sounds and uh when you speak and when you use words and when you create um like uh attacks from these words and especially when you sing it you're playing with sounds and so i think for them it was more important um to have a beautifully sounding uh, text than like something that conveyed any like specific content. Yeah, if that makes sense. It conveyed more of a feeling than a specific idea. Yeah, it's idea. very just like intuitive, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I can get behind that. Yeah, and but also it's very interesting how it's like it's like distracting you a little bit. Well, it's not that I. It's not that I didn't. It's not that I think it's bad. I don't think it's bad at yeah. all. I, I like the Cocteau Twins. Like I think that's the important thing to get across here. Is like I, I do like them. Okay. And I like their music and I like their songs and I like I liked this album. It was a good album. Um, it was just at certain points, it it took me out a bit and and um, and I think it's probably a fault of yeah maybe maybe me not understanding it as as much as you know the, in the way that. You kind of explained it, and and it does put a different perspective on it. I mean, it's just a different take on it. So, well, I mean, words are just sounds we just give meaning to. There's no inherent quality behind a word. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, anything could be a word. I could make up a a word right now and just call it a word, uh, and give a meaning behind it. And and 
that in and of itself is sort of a meaning. If you're just making up sounds, you know, you're just performing a sound. Um, and, and they're not bad sounds. They're nice sounds. Like, she has a great voice. Um, and so... Yeah, what do you think about her voice? She's a great voice. I, I like I like the way her voice sounds. I like the ethereal voice. And I like I liked the blurred filter that is on top of it. It's... Um, I mean, but, I, you know, it's like... I like that sort of genre as well, you know, like in, uh, you know, I think like it's slow dive. Like that's why, you know, you mm-hmm. can't really understand. I, I, you can't really understand what they're saying uh, at some points. And that's fine because I really like the way it sounds. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really think there's a but. I, I, I think it's just kind of what I took away from it. So what do you think about Heaven or Las Vegas? What are your favorite songs on there? That was the first Coxo Twins album I ever loved and i ever uh just listened to oops don't start playing it now we're gonna get <laughs> copyrighted i can't stop myself um so and um on the album cherry color funk was my first favorite ever and then have or las vegas and then i knew those two songs and i was literally i was blown away i was like i could not get enough of these songs and i remember when i first discovered it years ago i was just like playing it on repeat and i just could not get enough of it and when we decided to um talk about this album obviously i listened to it again and again and still like cherry color funk and heaven or las vegas they are just like they just have something about their melody especially that is just so like literally when i listen to these sounds like the word is just disappearing around me and it's just this ethereal like overarching like quality that i'm connected to it's just so to me it's like the only way i could describe it is so divine like this is something that people would call divine and i actually have a just a personal playlist on my Spotify and it's quite divine energy and it's just like so many Cocteau Twins songs but especially like songs off of uh, Heaven or Las Vegas and uh, it's so lyrical it's so poetry like even though it's not actual or like you can say it's poetry um, but it's not like in the sense that um, like it doesn't like make I don't want to say it doesn't make sense because it does. It's just a different sense. Like, it's just a different quality how, like, we make sense of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would agree. That I, how many times we can we say ethereal in this podcast? I think that's another... Challenge. I mean... But I do agree with you because I... Great I, word to describe it. I understand what you're getting at because I have, a, I have bands like that too. Um Cocteau Twins is not one of those bands for me, but I understand how that is for you because it is it is that way. It is like this beautiful, ethereal, divine energy that you're um, you're uh, you're talking about, and I, I I think that it that's what makes it so nice. That's what makes it so beautiful, um, because it it it, it, it um it almost pu- it puts uh it puts like this um, atmosphere around you that you can't really describe. You know what I mean? And it's like a serious it's uh it puts things into perspective and i think that's sort of the way uh 
I view some of the bands that I like that do the same thing for you, or co- that the Cocteau Twins do for you. And I, I think that that is, um, I think that's cool because I, I love that type. Of, I love that t- when that happens and when you find a band that does that for you. I would say it, like, makes me, like, forget about, like, all the perspectives. And it's just, like, it's just making me connect to something um more like higher power yeah yeah. i don't know it's just everything i say is very vague um but still i that's how i feel when i listen to it it's just like physical time and space it's just not a matter of question anymore and it's just like i'm just like I'm just on this, um, like, a very, like, next level track. And uh, so I personally love how creative they get with their songs and their, um, or, like, I should say their song titles and their album titles and their, like, um, like, lyrical stuff and I view it as something incredibly creative and I would say like I can't totally imagine someone like telling me they are just saying random words they are just putting random words next to each other like why do you think that it's so genius and I think these are not just random words because they sound beautiful together and it does work when um, it comes together in the framework of a, of a song but also it's just it's hard to find random words and just putting random words next to each other you have to have some like inner um, like toolbox to work with and I think like how do you come up with like even just a song song title like fruitful foxes and midsummer fires or like as like we said we mentioned so many times cherry colored funk it's just it's so like this descriptive it yeah and i think it's poetry in that way i i do believe it to be poetry i i really do um eyes blink luck like yeah, that's yeah a, that's a I understand. Cool it's like literally three like quote unquote like random words together, but not like you know you just don't come up with these random words for whatever reason and maybe because you are twins and so that's uh, why it's so beautiful and great. But I have a really important question. So you said that you. Like, obviously, you don't exactly know what they're saying. Do you get, like, any impression or idea what each songs are about, like, in your interpretation? Do you have, like, different ideas? Like, oh, this song is, like, really speaking uh, for, like, this and this, and that song, it's, like, something completely different. Or is it just, like just mixing what like into none of it makes sense to me at all i i and it's not that i don't think it's it doesn't evoke a feeling 
I think it definitely ev- evokes a feeling tone. But when I think about the lyrics, and again, this goes back to like why it almost at points takes me out, because it, it 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 makes zero sense to me. And I don't again, it's not a, it's like one of those things where it, when I view it through the lens of poetry, I think it becomes a beautiful thing. But at certain points, it's like this serious it's like this serious atmosphere and this kind of profound atmosphere that they're creating yeah. and then it and then they're saying absolute nonsense that that is just kind of even the lyrics that are written like that are actual lyrics yes it just makes zero sense at all and 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 i and, and i understand how there is that the perception the, there's the perception of like well it's like the, it sounds it's, it's, it's it goes together you wouldn't think to put these words together and i think it is very creative um but when I think about if there's like a story to it or this any sort of um, idea of like what it may mean or or anything, I am at a loss at every single song. I have no idea what they, and okay. and, and that's fine because like I I don't listen to songs for the lyrics. Yes. Oh, like most even songs that I love that have meant or or that have meaningful lyrics from the artist themselves, I I don't I'm not always paying attention to the lyrics. It's more of the feeling. Yes. And so that's not, it's not even the fact that I can't grasp uh, what the lyric, that doesn't, whether or not Cocteau Twins make sense or not, um, doesn't, or means, like what their lyrics mean, don't really, doesn't affect my enjoyment at all. I, I don't really think about that way. It's, it's just kind of the fact that it actually is, it actually doesn't really make sense. And it's so salient that, that that's at some, that's where at some points it kind of pulls me out. But and that's, that I'd say pretty r- rarely. It's not always. I think it's probably like I feel like I've been saying that as like my main criticism towards Cocteau Twins, but it's not yes. like that's not my main idea of Cocteau Twins. It's just like a, I think 90% of the time I'm listening, I'm like, it's great. It's, I really like it. Um, and then that 10% kind of like, oh, like, and, and I remember that they're actually saying nonsense. Yes. Um, I know that, that you don't necessarily like ambiguous qualities to different artworks yeah especially like especially poetry especially poetry and i know that about you and i know that it's just a question of taste and just a question of preferences and um i would say like there's nothing nothing like Nothing similar to the experience when there's like a beautiful song, like, um, um, like vocally and melody wise, and um, like the instruments and all together, like sound wise, and then like when it's matched up with the perfect lyrics, and you know, I'm sure that you have songs. And especially like moments of those songs where the lyrics come to a point where it's just like hitting so hard. And it's just like, it's just interweaving with this very specific part of the song. Like a very specific like like part of the arch of the song. And it's just, it comes together and then, like, a moment is just arising where it's just beautiful. And it's just the lyrics or, like, the piece of lyrics supports the 
melody and the sound and the sound supports the lyrics and it's just like this beautiful like it's just this beautiful moment where these two things are coming together and i don't i i have these moments with the cocktail twins but not because the content of the lyrics is so strong it's because how she pronounces sounds like words how she uh, says something in the lyrics it just complements the sound so beautifully um but it's not like when the lyrics are so meaningful um because yeah you don't really like attach a deep like cognitive like content to it because you don't really know what it's about but also i think it's just this beautiful sim- symbiotic that's how you say it yeah symbiotic symbiotic um like coexistence of like sounds like as words and then sounds as music and then it's just coming together and it creates this beautiful blend and it's just so many sounds it's just like this orgy of sounds and it's so beautiful and i think it's great yeah this is the last thing i'll say about it and to your point i think it's a good point i think it's like almost if we can view the cocteau twins as almost like a semi-instrumental band because they're do you say orgy or or it's orgy orgy you say it with a g um we're talking about in the sense of music collaborate you should have corrected me now you i'm not gonna let my don't close your computer, Dorsey. We have a whole other album, by the <laughs> way. Um, I know that all by heart. Yeah. So I would say if almost we view Cocteau Twins as like the semi-instrumental band because, you know, you're, they're vo- an artist's voice is an instrument. And the fact that none of it I, – I, maybe she did I'm, – I'm, I'm sure that it, maybe at some points that – I have no idea, but maybe at some point, she, you know, the lyrics she put out were, were meaningful to her or whatever. Um, it, you know, I, I have no idea. But I think the way that it is portrayed, just because there is no real, um, there's no like, um, you can have, you can't really grasp a meaning behind it. You can yes. we can almost like view the uh, view it as like an almost an almost like an instrumental band. I mean, we view it that way. I think it I think it changes the perspective. But I I think I also wanted to point to your, I, I had a point to what you just said, being, you know, like. A, at some point, songs do have this beautiful collaboration between the lyrics and the and the sound and the instruments behind it. Yes. Um, and like my mind goes to like my my favorite version of Hallelujah is by Jeff Buckley. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know a lot of people have their own favorite version of that song, but I think it's one of the most beautiful songs ever created. I think it's just yes. such a beautiful song. And in large part due to the lyrics that are behind it. And if Jeff Buckley was singing Hallelujah and it had gibberish, like I would be, it wouldn't just, it wouldn't do the same thing for me. You know what I mean? Or if the lyrics were very superficial or super, like it just didn't make any sense. um, Ambiguous to the point where it just didn't make sense. And you, you know, to me it would, it would detract from the song itself. Yes. And I think you know I could listen to ju- I can listen to Hallelujah in- just instrumentally, and it would be a better song than 
having Jeff Buckley sing it without any with gibberish lyrics. You know what I mean? Yes. And so that's that's kind of um, that's what I would uh, that's what I would say. But I, again, I think it's um, it's one of those things where it's um, it's not like it it's not like it detracts from the music at all. I I, I think it's just a personal preference. Yes. So that's all I have. Um, that's the last I have to say about. That's all you have to offer here. That's all personal preference. That's what I asked for. Okay. Um, I think also another two things is that the album cover. I just wanted to reflect on it. I like the album cover. Um, I've been meaning to print it out and put it on the wall for forever, but um, I it reminds me probably because of like the blurry neon situation that is going on um it reminds me of another um album that was put out by um uh, uh, uh 4AD and it's uh this tv on the radio album that has like this um same colors neon going on uh blurry i forgot I th- I know that album. The name yeah, of the know. album, but TV on the radio. It will be TV on the radio. Act- activated in my mind. Will do. You know what I mean? What which one I'm this thinking one. of? No, oh. actually not that one. The See? So- seeds. No, not that one. Oh well. I knew I had to listen show to us to scroll you. through Spotify. That's what the show will become. Um. TV on the radio is great. Uh, this one. Oh, this oh, one. You have to say it, Dorsey. Desperate Youth, Bloodthirsty Babes. And it was put out um, 2004, in 2004. Dorsey, you can't just say this one. We're on a, we're on a audio. I did say that, but also I'm... It looks like lightning bolts with behind like a blurry house. Red lightning behind a white yeah, blurry house. Yeah, when you put the two album covers next to each other, it actually... Don't really look alike. They don't really look alike. But it just activates the same like memory in my um Your mind. In my mind. And I don't have to I don't have to justify that. Okay. It happened in my mind. Um, okay. Um so that was the first thing I wanted to say. And the second thing is that I just wanted to ask you quickly what you think about the album title. Heaven or Las Vegas? I yes. think I think it's not as bad. A, I think it could have. <laughs> I think they could have ended up with worse album titles. <laughs> I I admire that. I they really could have chosen any. Well, because off because the it, titles of other songs that would would have been worse. It would have been worse. Well, I think I I do admire the creativity that they put into the songs, but I also think that some of them are terrible names. And this is my Which other second complaint sorry. about the Coke Dot one, is that they they don't so like they have they have big hits. In terms of yes. song titles, and they have big, big misses. misses. <laughs> so I, I think, um, you know. Which one is a terrible song title? Which, off that album? Can I, say, can I say what I think you think is a terrible one? What's that? Fru-fru. Fru-fru? Fru-fru Foxes and Midsummer Fire. No, I actually like that one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, that one's like almost a poem. Oh, Peach the Baby. Now, that one's funny. Actually, yeah, I, knew I, I don't think I like Fatsapolitik. Just because it's German. Fatsapolitik? Is that a is that a German word? Yeah, I remember. Like to be honest, I thought that it was just made up. <laughs> of course, every language is a made up 
think so. I don't think this album had that bad titles, but I know other ones. Other. There is the album called Treasure, and it, has, it just has a bunch of female names. Mm. I think we should move on to uh, the next. <laughs> I think we should move okay, on to the next. Okay, enough of Cocteau Twins. I haven't had enough of Cocteau Twins. I, I think I've had enough talking about Cocteau Twins. Do you want to introduce the next album? Yes. So the next album we chose to talk about is by the great band Mojave 3 that was basically formed after the breakup, um, breakup of Slow Dive. And three of the original members of Slow Dive formed Mojave 3. And then later on they added this drum a drummer and then a guitar player after the first album and namely they are um alan forrester oh he was not a drummer he is a keyboardist and then he added uh simon Rob, and he's actually a former guitarist of chapter house do you know chapter house uh no so great, such a great band. A Pearl by Chapter House. I really recommend it. So okay. Well, you know what's funny about Mojave Three is that t- I didn't realize it was literally Slow Dive Two Point Um yeah. And I, I, yeah. I, I, same I, people. That's why I liked Slow. D- that's I, the same concept. I like Slow Dive. Or sorry, I like Mojave Three more than I like Cocteau Twin because they're very similar. Like they have a. At certain points, not all their songs, but as, uh, I'd say that they 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 can be grouped in a similar category as Cocteau Twins. Mm. I wouldn't say exactly, but I think it's not it's not a it's not that far of a reach to put Obviously them in a similar category. Obviously if you category. think about like no doubt and then you think about like freaking Wiz Khalifa, yeah, like Mojave 3 is closer to Cocteau Twins than it but is but I to think ACDC. But but, I, but but again <laughs> it kind of goes back to like the 4ID concept where he put these different uh, niche like types of music and these kind of out there types of music into it. but slow dive was already big slow dive was big uh back in the 90s and then in the 80s and 90s right and or early 90s because they disbanded in 95 uh yes their first album dropped in 95 mojave 3 yeah. um slow dive after slow dive up broke up uh in 95 and then uh same year they uh, dropped the first studio album. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I would say that's... I, but I, lo- I love Slow Dive. I, I, I really like Slow That's why you're I You're not here to talk about Slow Dive. Well, it's basically Slow Dive 2.0. Do that you realize that you're about to talk about Mojave 3 you're supposed to talk about? And do you realize Slow Dive is <laughs> made up of three members of Slow there's, Dive? There's a reason why Slow Dive broke up and why they started a new band. <laughs> I like I like how it was just like basically slow dive, but we're gonna st- call it something else. Um, First, they called it Mojave. They yes. did not add the obscure number that you have much criticism towards. Um, but then they unfortunately realized that Mojave had already existed, and then they added the uh, number three um, to indicate that it's a. Trio because it was a trio when they made their first ab- first album, and then they added the two other guys after the first album. Yes, but isn't it just so interesting how great bands have 
a random number at the end of their name. <laughs> yeah, and great podcasts. And or great, great podcasts. sorry. And great <laughs> I mean, shows have a number, random number at the uh, end of their name. Yes. Like gold sounds 500. 500. Um, I but it's just a reference to Galaxy 500. So. And that'll be like next. I'm not creating anything new. I'm just using the material. Yeah, that'll be on, the, that'll be on another episode. But. So we're talking about Ask Me Tomorrow, the album by Mojave 3. Yes, first album they dropped. It's their first album? Yes. Okay. Um, so what do you think about what do you think about Ask Me Tomorrow? Ask Me Tomorrow. Released in 1995. Um, so basically, uh, I discovered it because one of the playlists I listened to, it had Love Song. Is it Love Song or Love Songs uh, on oh. the radio? It's it is love songs. Love love songs on the radio. Um, that's the first song on uh, the album, and it was featured on a playlist that I was listening to, and I just loved the. I just love the song, and I would say it's still one of my favorite songs of the album. And uh, I think it's a beautiful song to open your album with. And I wanted to say, first of all, about this album, that I like how the first song and the last song frames the album. And that was my thought when I listened to the whole album as like a holistic piece of art. Um, because, um, partly because of like talking about it right now. So I just wanted to like view the album from an objective point of view and just listen to the songs in order and also I'm a big believer of like listening to albums as a whole because I think that albums are put together in a specific way for a specific specific reason and also songs can hit very different in different contexts and you want to listen to each songs with the in the context of the album and so um, I love how the first song, Love Songs on the Radio, it's like this beautiful, gentle, the whole album is very gentle, very tender, very, um, like, it's just, it's just a blanket to your soul. That's how I feel. It's like petting a really cute, fluffy, soft dog or having a very cozy blanket and it just like wraps around your soul. And it just keeps you warm. And it's soft. And I like... It's just a soft texture to me. This album. Uh, and... Um, I like how Love Songs on the Radio is just beautiful introduction. And then Mercy is like the last song on the album. It's um, this... like It's just opening up perspective. And to me, it's just leaving the listener with like an open-ended question or at least that's how it feels to me and uh, I just still very like this framework I wouldn't say it's like a very closed thing but Mercy is like a pretty great like um closing piece so that was my first brief introduction but how do you like it? That's my most yeah. Well, I would say your important I, question. I would say yeah. It's gentle would be an understatement. It's very, it's o it's almost uh, it's gentle to the p 
point of it's gentle and melancholy at the same time. It's it's mm. it's to me it's sad. To me it's is it? To me it's sad. Yeah, it, it, really. It's very melancholic for sure. For for at least from what I've gotten from it. Yes. Um, it's not like petting a just. It's it, it's like petting a little puppy. Yes. But it's also like petting a, a dying puppy. Oh, really? Yeah, it's sad to me, <laughs> and and it is extremely gentle. Yes. I love it though. I, I think it's a great album. Um, yeah. I think Mojave Three is great. I I um, love song on the radio is my favorite song. Although Sarah and After All, those are great songs yes. as well. Um, but to me, yeah, love song, love songs on the radio is a beautiful song. Yeah, and it's so gentle, it's so soft, um, and um, uh, Rachel Goswell, um, of slow, she's, that's her, that's the lead singer's name, right? Yes. Um, she, she has a great voice, um, and it's, 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 um, but I think the thing is, like, I, I appreciate it more because I. Uh, because I because I like slow dive so much, yeah. The the, the it translates over to Mojave Three. I, there's no reason I why I wouldn't like Mojave Three, um, and yeah, I think it's incredibly gentle and sad at points. And it's interesting because it is not sad to me. It's like welcoming. It's um like it's like uh, coming home. But you're a much more gentle person than I am. You're a gentle person too. A gentle giant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're a very gentle person. You have a tender heart. Um, but thank you. I think to me it's like the concept of or like the feeling of home, mm. which is a positive image in my understanding, or like at least to me, I have like good um ideas about the notion of home and also it's like being comfortable very comfortable with like just in an environment and it's also very atmospheric so i completely agree with you it it it's very similar to um cocteau twins in that sense that it creates a strong atmosphere Mm -hmm. and it's just like wraps around your head and it feels like that you were put into a room and this room is just this music yeah if that makes sense if it it, it it creates a space for you definitely i i agree with that i mean it's it's you this is this is an album you could put on to fall asleep too yes and 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 that's i did and times. we have um <laughs> And and I think it's great. It's like it's a beautiful album. I love the I love the gentleness. I think that's that's the that is the beauty of it is that it is so soft. Yes. It is so gentle. It is atmospheric, and and yeah, I would say it takes. Um, but I think you know why you know because it makes a little more sense to me. It's um, not as ambiguous as Cocteau yeah. Twins, and and they. Uh, the, I take it a bit more serious, I guess. Uh-huh. And, and, and I understand. And it does, it creates something for me, like how you say, you know, it becomes, it comes this like divine energy. Yeah. I think this album does it for me much more uh-huh. than Cocteau Twins. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's one of those things where it's I can't really, I, I can't I can't really separate it from slow dive too. M- I mean, because it's just yeah. it's so it's literally as soon as like yeah. as soon as slow dive disbanded, they formed this band yes. with three of the f- members. Yeah. So it's it's very much similar. Yes. In a lot of ways. So, I mean, it, that's why I th- that's why I think I like it. Um, and I think the album cover actually looks very similar. It's a different color tone. Yes. But it's very similar to the... Yeah, it's like this non-figure is here. Yeah. It's like um, blurry. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I agree. I think... I, I like it. I, I actually don't really remember what Mercy sounded like, but... Um, I think they all, all the songs really kind of blend together. They, they, yeah, they are, um, and not in a bad way. It's not like they're all the same sound. It's just that it's very cohesive. And I would say the songs are, they, they all, they all permeate as it, they all permeate into each other as, as the album c- continues. Um, and as you're listening to it. Um, and I think that's nice. I, I, I enjoy it. And it's like, it's very cohesive. It all has a flow. Yeah. And, and I really appreciate about that, about the album. Um, uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that's what I think those are, those are my thoughts on it. I, I, uh, adding three to the name of Mojave, I mean, that's just. They had to do it they had for to do legal it. reasons. For legal reasons. For aesthetic reasons. They could never choose another name. They had to have Mojave, and it had to be three at the end of it. Um, yeah. But. To me, it's very interesting how you made the point that it's more like this divine energy for you because to me, if Cocteau Twins um, is the sky, m- this album, or I should say Heaven or Las Vegas, I mean, it literally um, says Heaven in the title, which just like adds um, to it. To but it also idea. says Las Vegas, Las Vegas. <laughs> which is the opposite. Of <laughs> <laughs> That's why, or... Yeah. <laughs> That's why it is. Heaven it's either heaven or, or it's Las Vegas. <laughs> Which one is it for you? Um, but this ask me tomorrow is much more like grounding. It's like the earth. Interesting. It's really on the earth for me. Um, I would like say like things I said like home and like like. A house of like love and comfort and just like somewhere to return to. These are like things that I um, just associate with this album, and it's like very grounding in a great sense. It's very comforting, but on the other hand, having all this, it literally like puts me up in this space and just like make makes me think about like how like we are all like just these elusive souls and we're just like blending all in together um in like this divine um like who i am and as me tomorrow is very different vibes for me it's very like going home to your lover and like being comfortable but like experiencing like very grounding delights like being comfortable and safe in like a backgrounded atmosphere um what do you think about the 
theme of the album like do you have the idea of like an overarching theme yeah i don't know if i have a theme i i actually don't think there i i didn't when i think of the album i think of i got a feeling not necessarily a theme yeah uh, the feeling i get is that feeling of <laughs> i i get the feeling of like a like a lo- love um yeah. like rom- romantic um like a romantic essence to it yeah but for me that almost is like that is that is um that is a piece of existence that i find profound mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think that's why i feel like it does do that to me more um yeah and yeah i would i i don't know if i i don't know if i could pick a theme but the feeling of the feeling of um this like romantic loving gentle atmosphere that it produces yeah. i think that is that is um that's the album for me mm-hmm. and it's beautiful i think it's a beautiful album i yeah. think it's great i i really enjoy it i'm so i'm so happy we listened to it um in this context because i think it is an album that deserves so much attention just like very close up attention um but also i would say like yeah to me that's the theme like to me this album is about love and like romance especially like many of the song titles like love songs on the radio you're beautiful um what else do they have uh sarah like it has that like um last part of the song where the i mean chorus it's more like the bridge says um lay your love on me and it's just so beautiful and then it just has like there is a song that's called where is it uh, where is the love or can you is where it is the love where yeah. is the love yes um so that's that's the thing for me and it's just a really like beautiful a collection of love songs and just like it discovers different aspects of love but also it's just it feels exactly like that it just feels like like being in love but not in like the crazy like crushy way you know but it's like more like this more like settled way of like being comfortable and like being in love but in like more like quiet and a more like a calmer way not like this crazy passionate like like high sexual attention type of love yeah i would say i would say it's like a, a more mature romance yes yeah, yeah for yeah, sure yeah. um definitely I, I would i would agree with that um I mean, Hobby 3 is not that big. I mean, they, their biggest song, I literally love song on the radio. Obviously, it's it's big. It has over 12 million plays. But that's, I mean, on Spotify, that's not, that's not insane. Cocteau Twins had, you know. Cocteau yeah. Twins, I think they're definitely much bigger than Mojave 3. Yeah, but Slow Dive is huge. Slow Dive is, Slow Dive is pretty big. Um, Slow Dive was probably the biggest Cocteau Twins. But it completely makes sense to me why, like, okay it's the same people but it completely makes sense to me why 
these people were like, it's time for us to like launch a new music musical project under new name and like just start it all over because yeah obviously I see so many like common features between um or mu- like mutual themes between um so dive and Mojave three but also it's just like when you said it's like a mature romance, I feel like Mojave Three is just a more mature um, musical project in general. I, I don't know I why I get that sense compared to Slow Dive. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would say like Slow Dive is like this like grungy like a little like it's not very like rebellion but a little bit and just like. It's like teenagers and like like your early twenties and then Mojave three feels like you're like a middle aged person. Well I don't know why. I, yeah, I mean I would say late slow dive though, because they came I would say like the recent slow dive because they came out with a new album. Oh yeah, you're right. And I think that is definitely a step it was a mature it's the mature version of Slow Dive. Like Sugar for the Pill. I think that's a great song. Yeah. Um and that's off of the recent. Also, it's recent a lot darker for me. I don't know why, but their sounds are a little bit darker. Um, I'm I'm talking about slow dive, uh, and then Mojave Three is just this light thing. Not in the sense that it doesn't hold the weight, but it's just like a little bit like less. How to say, like less. Um, yeah, just less dark. Yeah. I can't think of any better description. We got to wrap it up here. I mean, it's been so great. My favorite topic ever. Talking about my favorite songs and my favorite artists with my favorite person. <gasps> it's the best thing. Who's that? Who I just talked to. Evan, your co-host? <laughs> my producer. Your producer and co-host? <laughs> the tech guy. Tech guy? In this production. In this production? <laughs> um, best thing ever. I'm so excited. Yes. So? I was a little nervous, though. There's nothing to be nervous about. You got it. Yeah, but it's been so great. I'm so excited. Literally, when I was thinking about, like, suggesting you the albums we should talk about, I was, like, I could not choose. I had such a hard time choosing. Even if I just considered the 480 albums, I literally want to cover at least a hundred more just on 4AD and then I'm ju- I'm already thinking of like other labels to cover and but I would definitely stick to um, 4AD for a little while because they have so great stuff and I think there are a lot of things that you would enjoy as well and you like there's already a lot of great uh, albums that you know and you love so we could talk about all those definitely yeah i mean i would um excited to listen to new music excited to listen to uh excited to listen to more music i mean there's nothing there's no shortage of music to talk about that's for sure oh ever since i'm looking into like 40s like stuff um like more in depth i just discovered so many great artists like endless endless good music 
Well, stay tuned then for the next episode of Golden Sounds 500. It's Gold Sounds. And we'll end it here. And we'll end it here. Okay, thank you for talking to me, and it was so great. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Of course, never ending conversation. Bye.